Good morning. So our readings for today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And then we will jump to 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 to 16. If you are using our church Bible, you can find these pages in the, in the Bible, in the pages 884 for Acts 2, and then on page 964 for 2 Timothy 3. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This is the word of God. Thanks, Celine. Um, it's, uh, we're going to do a slightly uncharacteristic thing of actually doing a topical preaching. Um, we're going to go through the growing uh, the, the church vision. So if you, uh, I'm going to ask you to flip through different parts of the Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, please, uh, there are uh, church Bibles at the back. Please do, do get one out. Um, I'm sure it'll help you as we go through uh, some of these texts together. But let's pray that God will speak to us. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks for the gospel, how it has saved us. And now it's growing us so that we might live in the kingdom of God now, here and now, that we might uh, show the world that you are here, uh, you are actively at work within us and within the church. And Lord, we pray now that you would make these words come alive, and we pray the truth of these words will be deeply uh, planted into our hearts by the power of your Spirit. You may grow them. Uh, may you grow them, that they may bear fruit in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Many years ago, I'm sure you might have uh, heard this story before, three stone cutters were cutting stones. The first cutter of this stone asked, what are you doing? He replied, well, I'm cutting rocks. I'm breaking rocks. What does it look like? He was a bit grumpy. The second was asked, what are you doing? He replied, well, I'm making a living. The third stone cutter was asked, what are you doing? He, he replied, I'm building a cathedral. And he was joyful. So there are these three people doing the same exact work, each having a completely different experience. And the only difference is that uh, the, one of them had a vision for what they were doing. And what are we doing here at Shatin Church? What are we doing as we meet with others, as we pray, as we go to small groups, as we uh, meet with uh, people one-to-one, as we do youth group and visiting the sick? What are we doing? Well, we're growing in Christ. We're sharing our lives. We're reaching the world. We're doing what we think is God's vision for not just Shatin Church, but for the church, for churches around the world. This is what God's doing growing, uh, having people grow in Christ, share their lives, and reach the world. And as we've uh, heard, we're going to have the AGM in a couple of weeks' time, and leading up to it, I'd love to show you what this means, so we can visualize it, we can actually see what God is doing, and then I'd I'd love to invite you to participate in it and to, to, to be part of it. You heard that Reverend Billy Graham passed away last Thursday. Christians around the world mourned because much of growth of evangelicalism around the world is owed to this man. But there was another person, I think, who was instrumental in growth of evangelicalism around the world. And when, in fact, he died in 2011, Reverend Graham said this about him. He said, The evangelical world has lost one of its greatest spokesmen, And I've lost one of my closest personal friends and advisors. I look forward to seeing him again when I go to heaven. Well, I'm sure he's in heaven, enjoying his company, and he was talking about John Stott. Evangelicalism became became a global phenomenon, partly, much of it, because of these two men. But before John Stott died, he was asked, what do you think about the state of evangelical churches around the world? And his answer was this. It was damning. He said, growth without death. Growth without death. I know exactly what he means because I grew up in the church. I was baptized a few days after I was born. I, 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 I lived all my life in the church. I've lived, I've seen churches around the world, and much of it isn't pretty. I've seen Christians who fall away from faith as soon as something bad happened to their lives. I've seen Christians reveling in the presence of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue, but then a few weeks later, fighting with each other, splitting the church. I've seen people who come to church every single Sunday, but whose lives are indistinguishable from those who don't know Christ, who don't love Christ. Growth without depth. And I think one of the problems is that the many of us uh, have, have been taught that the end of Christianity is going to heaven. Going to heaven. We tell people that once you've become a Christian, you can go to heaven. My mother-in-law, who recently was baptized, asked me slightly, she said, what's the point of being Christian? Is it heaven? It's such shallow faith. Some people might add then, well, you can live a happy life. You can live a joyful life. Yes, but... I I don't think that's it. There is no depth 
in that faith, is there? Some friends, heaven isn't our end. Our happiness isn't a goal. The goal is much bigger than ourselves. It's about the transformation of the whole world that's marred by sin and death. It's about God's power breaking in into this world, transforming us and creating a new community called the church who live by his spirit, who live by the strength of his spirit, who live differently because of him. It's about bringing that future kingdom that will come fully when Jesus comes back. Now, today, it's about bringing that future kingdom and showing the world that God's active here, God's alive here, God's working here in this world, showing that, uh, the, the world that God exists. It's about that exciting possibility of showing the world what the future life will be like, how all of us will live, and when the kingdom comes in power today, the pie growing into our identity by living differently here and now. And that can only be done by the power of the Spirit, which is why uh, the Bible describes entering into the kingdom of God, being born again, because it brings such dramatic changes to our lives. It's not making our old self better. It's about complete transformation of ourselves. And when we're born again, no wonder the Bible calls us then infants. We enter as infants, whether you're converted at three or 90, you're babies when you're converted. That's where we start. But actually, sadly, that's, many of, that's where many of us stay. We must grow as citizens of that kingdom. We must grow as disciples of Christ. And you realize that you can be a Christian and be an infant all your life. The writer of Hebrew is frustrated with, uh, with them. Take a look. Um, at, uh, it's uh, Hebrew 5, uh, verse 12. It's uh, found on page 90, 970 in the church Bibles. Take a look at chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He writes, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's wor- uh, word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Some of them have been Christians all their lives, but remained infants. I love being a father and all that entails right now. I like feeding Barney milk. I like changing him. Uh, his poo is yellow. It's kind of weird, but you know, you wipe him. It's, it's, ni- it's nice. Um, I like doing all these things, but imagine if he asked me to wipe his butt in 20 years time. That wouldn't be pretty. I'd like him to grow. And in fact, God calls us to grow. The Bible tells us to grow because we, although we are adopted as children of God, where identity is changed by the grace of Christ, our spiritual growth actually comes through discipline, through working at it, through pressing on. That's why the New Testament constantly tells us to grow. Colossians 4, verse 12 He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Epaphras is growing, praying for the church to grow, to to mature and fully assured. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Then we'll be no longer be, uh, we, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. 
Children cannot distinguish good teaching from bad teaching, and so they're swayed by, swayed by all sorts of new teaching. He wants us to grow. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. As we grow to be more and more Christ-like, God is glorified. We bring out glory of God in the way that we live. That's part of the vision of Shatin Church. A church that is growing in depth. A church that takes our call to discipleship seriously. Growing is not just an option for a few people in the church. It is a call that God makes for all of us. But then you might ask, how are we supposed to grow? Well, Acts 2, uh, the passage Celine read, is a great place to go because it shows a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, right? A church that is growing. So uh, turn there, uh, Acts 2, verse, uh, 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 chapter 2, verse uh, 42 to 47. When the Holy Spirit comes on the Pentecost, those who are filled with the Spirit start speaking in different tongues. But more importantly, the Apostle Paul then stands up, receiving the Holy Spirit, being full of it. He stands up and he preaches from the Scripture. And 3,000 people are converted on that day. And Acts 2, 42 to 47 describes what happened, what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And uh, later on in verse 47, I mean, yeah, 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is where we get this vision statement, a spirit-filled church, church that's uh, growing in Christ, sharing their lives and reaching the world. And we're going to come to the others uh, in the coming weeks, but for this morning, the, about the first line, growing in Christ. And let's look at what they did. The first thing that they did when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, when they came together, was they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And for us, that's the Bible. These 3,000 newly minted Christians, disciples, came, became learners of God's word. They devoted themselves to it. That's simple truth, but it's worth stating because it's at the heart of our ministry at Shatin Anglican Church. We believe that the spiritual maturity comes through the word, through the truth of God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit. Some people think, believe that spirit is somehow separated from the word. It's two different things, but that's not true. Remember, the spirit comes down and Peter speaks. Uh, The word goes out as the spirit goes out all throughout the book of Acts. It's the word and the spirit that go out together. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. And then he adds, which is the word of God? Sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you know, the angels come and deliver seven messages to these churches. But they, at the end of each message, he says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Spirit speaks. God speaks and Spirit works. We're born again by the Word and the Spirit, and we grow through them as well. And we read this famous verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, all scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Scripture thoroughly equips us for every good work. That's where maturity is found. But of course, knowledge does not equal spiritual maturity. Sometimes it actually brings arrogance. In fact, immaturity. This is why we need the Spirit, Word and the Spirit. We need the Spirit to come and apply these words to transform us and change our lives by them. Spiritual high, that spiritual experience where you feel close to God doesn't necessarily bring spiritual maturity either. It can leave you close to God that day, but the next day it can leave you feeling far away. It can leave you asking, where is God today? But if the Holy Spirit then applies this truth of God's word in that spiritual high moment, right? And when that truth becomes real and it changes you, then the transformation comes. Then the maturity comes. Growth comes. In a similar way, experience themselves don't bring spiritual maturity alone either. As we've seen, there are those who've been Christians for a long time, all their lives, but remain babies in their faith. You know, if experience was all that that you needed to grow, then all the people who have been Christians for a long time should be the most mature people, but that's not necessarily so. God needs to come and make the truth of God's word planted deeply in their lives and bring transformation. It's the word and the spirit. The Spirit needs to apply those words to us. So what are we to do then? We are to then actively seek God's truth, God's word together. I wonder if you can picture a person who's saying something like this. I'm waiting for God to tell me that he's real. I'm waiting to, uh, for God to, uh, to, to, um, to speak to me and to, uh, to uh, bring me to maturity. What would you do? with this person? Would you pray for this person? I hope you would. Would you invite this person to a retreat so that he could experience God? Well, maybe, if she's open to it. But I hope you might also take him to God's word and say, friend, why don't we read the Bible together? Go through the Gospel of Mark. Go go through Philippians. Go through the Gospel of John. If we believe that God works through the truth of God's word, then we ought to plant and water with God's truth, trusting and praying that the Holy Spirit would come and apply those truths into people's lives. And because we believe that growth comes through the Scripture, through God's word, by the Spirit, We're committed here in our church to do most of our preaching as expository preaching. I know it's perceived as a bit out of touch and sometimes a bit dull because we all start not from your experience, not from your questions, but from the scripture, right? We always go to the Bible first, but we're convicted because we believe that God, as these truths will come into our lives, that that is what will change us. And we're convicted that all of God's uh, word is uh, all of uh, God's word is relevant to us, useful for teaching, rebuking, um, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we work through all sections of the Bible in this church. We go through Exodus and Daniel, all these parts that nobody ever reads. We will go through them because we believe that this is God's truth. 
applied by the Holy Spirit, it will be bring transformation to our lives. And we seek to make then the message of this pulpit always the same as message of the message uh, of the text. We, and our main approach is not to seek answers to the question you bring to us. Our main approach is always go to the Bible and ask it to transform us. Ask it to examine us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I love Frushatin Church to be known as a church that's full of people who are constantly, constantly learning. Not the kind of learning that fills one's heads with knowledge and pride, but learning to hear God's word, learning to hear his spirit speaking through these words to bring transformation to our lives. But let me do, uh, let me say, actually, I'm not asking you now just to go home and read the Bible by yourselves. We're too often, we've too often just told Christians to go and read the Bible. Yes, that's important, but I know that many of you struggle with reading of the Bible. I know many of you do. And I know that it's not just the reading of the Bible. Actually, many of you struggle with all sorts of aspects of Christian life. And the thing is, we're all struggling alone. And that should stop. That shouldn't be. Friends, you're not responsible for your growth alone. We are. We, the church, are. All of us, the church, the God's people, we are responsible for one another's growth. Those 3,000 people on that day came together, and they became responsible for each other's growth. In fact, all of us and, uh, can and should speak God's word to each other, and we, all of us should teach and learn from each other. Once again, if you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. It's a key verse for us. So if you could turn to it, uh, it's on page 948 of the church Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. I'm just going to read a couple of verses there. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. And then down to verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Pastors and teachers are supposed to equip the saints for the works of service. And then the people are to respond by speaking God's truth to each other. That's when the maturity comes, when all of us are responsible for each other's growth, when all of us are speaking God's word to each other. And you know that. You know that because the Great Commission was given to not just a few disciples, but all of us. The commission is to go and make disciples, convert them, baptize them, but then also to teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded us. Teach them to obey everything, all the counsel of Scripture. So take a look at the person next to you and then think, I'm responsible for your growth. And do the vice versa. You're responsible for my growth. Friends, let's not be infants 
in the faith. Remember those words in Hebrew? Some of you, by this time, should be teachers. One of our strengths as a church is, I think, that many of us have been Christians for a long time, some people for 20 and 30 and 40 years. But yet, you think you're still not ready to read the Bible with somebody else. You're still not ready to disciple somebody. You're still not ready to make the time and actually teach what you've learned after 20, 30, 40 years. Friends, let's grow up. Let's start speaking God's word to each other. Let's teach and admonish, encourage, and build. And of course, that sort of ministry doesn't have to be in one-to-one setting or in youth group or children's or uh, small group settings. We could all do this and should be doing this all the time, all the time. Think about what you will do right after the service. Will you go downstairs and what will you talk about? Yeah, we're in the church, but we're embarrassed to ask each other, what did you think of the sermon? What did you think of the text? How are you growing in, in, in Jesus? How is it that we're embarrassed in the church to ask these questions to one another? Can we do that today? Go downstairs during the refreshments time. Just God, speak God's truth to each other. Encourage, build, rebuke, uh, 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 admonish, and let's continue to build each other up. You can speak God's truth while you're eating with your friends or even discussing an article, uh, putting up on the uh, Facebook. You can do that as you go up on a hike or during your family holidays. One of my Lynx uh, group uh, members talked about how she had some guests over and she wanted to just talk with everybody doing sort of quiet time together. Why don't they just come together? Why don't they, why, why don't we? In these countless ways, we are to speak some facet of God's truth that he has revealed to us to one another so that we may grow in Christ, growing in Christ. I'm praying that Ashatian Church won't be a church that relies on just few people to speak God's truth, that it'll be filled with people who are mature and who's able to speak his truth to each other. Picture a church full of Barney and one adult there. I mean, you would be really, really cute, but whoever the adult would be, would be just tired out of his mind. Then picture a church full of people uh, growing in all stages of life. Picture them then talking to each other, going again and again to the scripture, praying that the Holy Spirit would apply those words into their lives. Picture an older Christian learning a facet of Christian love or God's love that, uh, for, for, uh, that he hadn't thought um, in that sort of conversation. Picture a young Christian mother who's sort of um, uh, learning from an older uh, uh, lady, uh, being open to, to, to the truth of the scripture together. Growth without depth. It doesn't have to be that way. We're called to grow. That's what we're trying to do. Let's continue to go back to the scripture. Let's continue to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's, uh, let's be responsible for one another's growth. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks for the church. Lord, we thank you that you have brought us to yourself and to the body of Christ. Help us here to grow in Christ. 
Help us to be no longer infants. Help us to grow, speaking God's truth to one another, trusting and relying on the power of the Spirit. And may Shatin Church be known uh, for uh, people who, uh, who have a faith and a depth of faith that reaches down to deep earth that is bearing great fruit that you may be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.